Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Many people associate the term yoga with exercise. Kriya Yoga is a wider system, including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya Yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today our topic is Natural and Effortless Meditation for Everyone, and our guest, Dean Slider, has taught meditation throughout the United States since 1970. He's the author of several books and audio programs, including Cinema Nirvana and The Zen Commandments. His latest book, Natural Meditation, A Guide to Effortless Meditative Practice, is an Amazon number one bestseller in stress management. A grateful student of eminent teachers in several traditions, including Advaita Vedanta, Vajrayana Buddhism, and Bhakti Yoga, Dean has completed numerous pilgrimages and long retreats in India, Tibet, and the West. He's known for conveying authentic teachings in forms that are practical, accessible, label-free, and fun. When not writing or teaching, he narrates audiobooks, is a singer-musician for Kirtan and Jug Band, etc., and happily rides his Vespa through the streets of Santa Monica. 
Dean's website is deanwords.com. That's D-E-A-N-W-O-R-D-S.com. Welcome, Dean Slider. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you. It's great to be here. Before we begin to enter into our dialogue about natural and effortless meditation for everyone, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Om. Let's begin by bringing our attention to this moment. Unlike any other, this precious moment of now. Let's be here, right where we are. Let's become aware of our breath, noticing its natural flow. Not trying to change it, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. In this moment, let's open our hearts and our minds to the divine. One reality, called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone. Within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change, beyond thought and sensation. Pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being. We allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the spiritual and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Dean, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Hi. Let's start off with a quote from Paramahansa Yogananda who said, Focus your attention within. You will experience new power, new strength, and peace in body, mind, and spirit. All limitations will be vanquished. There are many benefits which come when we learn to focus our attention within and access the calm, clear presence that we are. 
Meditation is a time-tested practice for cultivating our awareness of our own essence of being. So let's just start by asking about how you first learned about meditation. Well, I would say uh, from my side, it seemed as if I was just sort of stumbling into it, although looking later in hindsight, I, I can see that I was being drawn pretty steadily. Um, as, as a young child, I had certain experiences that later on I, I understood made sense from the point of view of meditation and growth of awareness. Um, I had a, 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 an, an ongoing experience where I realized that I felt as if I didn't have a face, if that mm. makes sense to you. And, and every, everyone else seemed to have a face, and, and it confused me that other people related to me as if I was another person with a face. Mm. And, and what I realized later on was that that was because I was experiencing myself as just awareness, as subject, as experience or witness, rather than an object, a body, a so-called person. Right. So, so, and and I think that most people, um, particularly in childhood, have some spontaneous experiences like that. So later on, I became in. I started doing some reading in high school. Uh, I started reading the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads, um, which were <laughs> those books were a lot harder to find in those days. I'm talking about 1965 than wow. they are now. Um, and started realizing, oh, okay, there are names for this um, mm. experience, and other people have tread that path, and there are methods for tapping into that systematically rather than stumbling into it once in a while, and for making it eventually, you know, as they say, like a, a steady flame in a windless place. And it was very fortunate that I was growing up in California in the mid-60s. Um, I... I actually turned down a scholarship at, at UCLA to go to San Francisco State because it was 1966 and something <laughs> was drawing me to San Francisco. As it turned out, a whole lot of other people were there. And the first, uh, you know, Suzuki Roshi was there with the first full-time Zen center. And uh, Bhaktivedanta Swami was there with, I think, the second storefront uh, Krishna Consciousness Temple. Sufi Sam, Rabbi, Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach. It was a real sort of spiritual meditative smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was, and it was a very fortunate situation because I was able to to try out, you know, taste all those different flavors and see what. And one thing that I found out very quickly, and I talk about this in the book, was that uh, early on I was a Zen student, and I lasted for about three days. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole the whole idea of just sitting, at least the way that I understood or misunderstood it, the idea of sitting like a stone Buddha and you you can't scratch your nose if it itches and you're holding your mind steady on your breath, I realized, boy, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and And also something inside told me that if I can't do that, there are probably a lot of other people who can't do that. And I have to find something that works for... You know, as I call it in the book, meditation for the rest of us. Something right. that's approachable and doable by regular carbon-based <laughs> organisms <laughs> rather right. than stone Buddhas. Right. Um, 
and and I did find teachers that that taught that yeah I'm not mistaken there's it's not me there's not something wrong with me <laughs> uh, and and that there are human natural effortless ways to allow the mind to settle down that the mind wants to settle down and that there are subtle techniques subtle methodologies for just allowing and facilitating that settling down rather than trying to force it trying to strain to concentrate to push out thoughts to so quote unquote clear the mind all those things that most people think of when they hear the word meditation well yeah let's just touch on that for a minute so your experience you know that that uh, of the zen meditation and that it was difficult and maybe even impossible you know for you so why is it that so many people think that meditation is difficult well i suppose it's because everything else that we do is a task mm. right if you're learning to play the violin if you're investing in real estate if you're uh, whatever you, know, you even hear people talk about well we're working on our relationship <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and that, that, all, that always strikes me as kind of funny it's a, gee working that that just sounds really grim mm-hmm. uh, and you know i mean not wood i'm very happy to say you know my wife and i pretty much uh laugh through our relationship mm-hmm. um and so it's it's you know, we're, we're, we've been conditioned to understand, and it's a very reasonable understanding in virtually every other field, that it's a matter of sweat equity, that the uh, rewards that you gain are directly proportional to the amount of effort that you invest. Now, mm-hmm. it turns out that meditation is the one thing that's the opposite of that, that the mm-hmm. rewards are, are inversely proportional to the amount of effort that you invest and in a sense that's what makes meditation so important it's balancing out it's letting go of all that task orientation that drives us through the other 23 and a half hours of the day yeah that's that's a a really good point about the task you know orientation that we bring to just about everything that we do so when you talk about natural meditation so how do you explain or describe the ease Mm-hmm. of that process well on the the cover of my book uh we have a sky blue cover with a simple picture of a feather settling to the ground mm-hmm. and that pretty much says it all <laughs> pretty much if you really get what the cover is saying you can skip the rest of the book mm-hmm. um the why does a feather fall to the ground gravity pulls it down okay gravity is irresistible ultimately irresistible in a hundred percent of cases all right now it may be that on its way down the feather we see oh now it's drifting a little to the left now it's drifting to the right maybe it's drifting a little farther to the right than it did to the left maybe now it's stuck in a tree branch and we think oh it's it's never going to hit the ground now but it is in its own sweet time because gravity is ultimately irresistible Now, what is the gravity in the case of human consciousness? It's happiness. It's fulfillment. Really, what it is is consciousness seeking itself. And, you know, for an experienced meditator like you and like some of your listeners, you know that the nature of consciousness, the nature of awareness is boundlessness. 
It's boundlessness right. looking out at a bunch, at a world of phenomena, a world of boundaries, and trying to find fulfillment there, when in mm-hmm. fact, the fulfillment is the nature of that awareness itself. The, what the looker is looking, you know, we're, we're looking for, you know, the, a better ice cream flavor and, you know, more spectacular orgasms and, and more <laughs> fascinating books and all those things, thinking that those things are going to do it for us. You know, it's right. like when we were little kids, mommy, mommy, please buy me the Barbie doll, buy me the G.I. Joe. That'll be it. I'll never ask for anything again. And we get it. You know, growing up in prosperous America, we probably got the Barbie doll and we were able to, you know, really b- feel like, oh, yeah, this is it for about 15 minutes. And then <laughs> now we're ready for the Barbie dream house or whatever's the next thing. Right. So, so. All the time, what, what's going on there? That's in various, you know, our whole lives are theme and variations on, on that. So what's going on is we're looking, it's awareness is looking for itself. It's like the, the wonderful traditional story, I'm sure you know, which I, I, I cite somewhere in, in the book, um, of the little musk deer that is walking through the forest with its mother and it smells this beautiful aroma and it's a, mm, what, I have to find out what that is and it starts to investigate. It smells the, the rocks and the trees and the other animals, the squirrels and the rivers. And I can't, eventually it goes all around the world, years pass, it comes back, it's, it's, it's on its last legs, it's almost dying, it comes back to this familiar looking clearing, finds its now aged mama dear and he says mom I, i've been looking for the source of that beautiful aroma i can't find it and she says oh you you poor dear uh, don't, <laughs> don't you know that is you you're a musk dear you're a musk dear such a beautiful story and that that's our lives so meditation is simply a situation where rather than indirectly experience that gravity looking the awareness looking for itself and and you know looking under all the different rocks and 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 stones and this ice cream and that book just allowing it to fall back on itself and when we allow it and we can start with a simple vehicle it could the vehicle could be a breath the vehicle could be a, a mantra or another sound the, my favorite vehicle because it's the most direct is the sense of I itself mm-hmm. is just the awareness of awareness itself. Um, for some people, at first, that might be that practice might be a little steep. You're going straight into the express lane. So I offer, okay, here are these different on ramps you can use, like a sound or gazing at the sky with your eyes open, like the Tibetans. But the main thing, the the vehicle that we choose is less important. What's most important is the way we drive the vehicle, which is just allowing that gravity to take over. Driving it with the, the lightest touch on the steering wheel, and eventually you realize that you were never driving at all. You were in the passenger seat all along. Mm. Well, you've given a little preview of our next uh, segment with the uh, meditation um practices that you mentioned because we are going to try several of those in our next segment Mm -hmm. in the meantime uh, we're going to go to a break you're listening to the yoga hour with guest dean slider meditation teacher and author of natural meditation a guide to effortless meditative practice 
as well as numerous articles and blogs. You can learn more about Dean, his writing, and his teaching schedule at the website deanwords.com, D-E-A-N-W-O-R-D-S.com. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find It's Kitchen Table Karma. Make kind food choices. Watch more good come into your own experience. Feed your body with bright, fresh, colorful foods from nature and develop the glow of radiant health. Learn how to easily reap these benefits in your life with Victoria Moran's latest book, The Good Karma Diet. Eat gently, feel amazing, age in slow motion. Including stories from real people whose dietary change graced their lives in remarkable ways. Plus, 40 delectable superfood recipes from culinary alchemist Doris Finn. Available wherever books are sold, as a print edition, an ebook, or a deluxe Kindle or Nook book with 30 minutes of audio-visual extras. The Good Karma Diet. Share the love and love your life. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for The Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Dean Slider, meditation teacher and author of Natural Meditation, A Guide to Effortless Meditative Practice. You can learn more about Dean, his writing, and his teaching schedule at the website deanwords.com, D-E-A-N-W-O-R-D-S.com. And now we're going to turn to discussing and experiencing some natural meditation practices. Lahiri Mahasaya, one of the guru preceptors of the Kriya Yoga lineage, was known for giving the same advice to just about anyone who came to him with a question or problem. His solution was meditate more. (laughs) This advice points to the paradox that sitting down and doing nothing can actually be an efficient way to spend our time. 
We all know that we are more effective at dealing with problems when we are operating from our calm center rather than with a mind that's running amok. So fortunately, as you illustrate in the book, there are many ways to meditate, not just one right way. And you share several of these approaches in your book. So I loved the beginning uh, one that we were just discussing over the break, the simplicity of the practice of meditating on that I sense. So would you please lead us through that process? Absolutely. It'll be a pleasure. Um, so how, first of all, however you're sitting is fine, is perfect. And even if you're not sitting, if you're out walking your dog, listening to this as a podcast or some such, fine. If you happen to be driving a car, you know, safety first and adapt as necessary. Um, so please turn your head to the left. Look to the left and you see whatever you see. There are certain colors, certain shapes. There's a whole world of visual experience going on when you look to the left. Now please turn your head to the right. Look to the right and see what you see. Now there are Different colors, different shapes, different world of visual experience that you're aware of. Now bring your head back to the front and see whatever you see there. Whatever shapes, colors, objects you're aware of there. So, you see, look one way, you see some stuff. You're aware of some stuff. You look another way, you're aware of some different stuff. You put your, you look forward you're aware of some different stuff. Different, different, different. But what's the same? What's the same is that you're aware. The simple I, the simple experiencer, is the common thread that runs through those different experiences. Now, here's another one. Shrug, pull your shoulders up. Shrug your shoulders up into an awkward position. And we're aware of this awkward position. Now drop them into a comfortable position. Now we're aware of that. Again, two totally different experiences. But what's the same? We're aware of them. When you were, say, eight years old, blowing out the candles on your birthday cake, and you were aware of the sensations of being in an excited eight-year-old body, and hearing everyone saying, oh, make a wish, and so forth. You were aware of all that, but it was the very same awareness, the very same silent experiencer experiencing that whole different set of phenomena. Think of when you were 18. Now, different phenomena, different. Now your buddies are saying, hey, do you have another cigarette, have another beer, whatever. Completely different body. You've got a different voice now. You've got hair growing in places where it didn't used to grow. All the cells in your body have been replaced several times. And yet the same awareness, the same silent witness, experiencer running through all of it. So we don't create that witness, that I sense. We can't just get rid of it. Try to get rid of it. How would you do that? You know, people think, oh, meditation, you have to be really comfortable and mellow and relaxed and all that. Get as uncomfortable, unmellow, unrelaxed as you can. And, you know, whatever that would be, you know, scrunch your face up into some some just horrible expression and, and you know, make crazy sounds, whatever. <laughs> Guess what? You're aware of all that. 
You can't get rid of awareness. You can't get rid of the simple sense of the I that experiences whatever you're experiencing. So since we don't have to create it, since we can't get rid of it, let's just marinate in it. Let's just continue not doing anything new. It's not like now we're going to turn the ignition in the car and hear the motor running. Oh, now I'm meditating. We'll just sit here in the car, so to speak, as we already were. Just resting in this eye sense. As we, re- as we rest in the eye sense, naturally sounds come and go. Sensations come and go. Thoughts come and go. And that's fine. There's nothing to do about them. We're not trying to concentrate on anything, not trying to focus on anything. The eye sense is there as the the screen, we could say, on which everything else appears, comes and goes. We let it, we let what comes come, let what goes go, and we remain as that which remains, which is the eye. And we can do this sitting. We can be walking, we can be driving, we can be walking our dog. Eventually we realize this is what, when we say we do it since there's no doing, it's, it's really not a matter of doing it, it's a matter of recognizing that this I sense is the thread, the unshakable, perfect, uncorruptible, untaintable thread that runs through every moment of our lives. And we just can more and more come into that recognition. Well, thank you so much. That was really lovely. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved the simplicity of and mm-hmm. being able to do it anywhere, as you right. just said, not needing to be in a special place, not needing to, you know, have special, you know, meditation cushion or right. anything, but just right. to really be aware of the presence of the witness something right. outside of our thoughts and emotions that really is that constant presence. Right. You know, I oh. just I just completed um, uh, last week, I, I went for six days on a silent solo meditation retreat. It was just mm-hmm. time to unplug from my computer and my cell phone and just, just be in meditation for a week. So I went to a local uh, Catholic retreat center, which uh, you know, makes rooms available for people to do their own thing. And at the end of the retreat, I was talking to one of the, the people that runs the, the Catholic retreat center, and she was asking, well, you know, where do you go? Where do you sit? How do you sit to do your meditation? And talking in a little bit more, the, you know, the Catholic vocabulary, I said, well, where is God not? Where is God? What position do I have to sit in to make God be present? Which way do I have to breathe? And okay, now the infinite is here. And when you look at it that way, you just you realize, in a sense, those things are so. They all have their you know sort of postures and breathing. They you know, and I go into some of them in my book. They all have their value, but ultimately, that which we're looking for is is the one who is looking is this I, and we can just marinate it, marinate in it anytime. Mm-hmm. Really lovely. So uh, let's let's give uh, our listeners a couple of uh, more options in terms mm-hmm. of meditation practices in case that one, you know, didn't <laughs> ring their bell. Right. So another of the meditation practices you outline in your book, Natural Meditation, is a meditation on sensation. Mm-hmm. 
So this could apply to any of our senses, but let's use our sense of hearing. Can you lead us through this practice? Certainly. Okay. So again, we're sitting or, you know, walking the dog or driving the car comfortably, naturally. And just notice what hearing is taking place. Certainly you're hearing this voice. Perhaps you're hearing traffic on the, in the street or dog barking across the, the block or the refrigerator humming in the back, whatever planes going overhead or the, the, the babbling brook as you're walking through the woods, whatever sounds are there, just rest in that hearing experience. Not trying to focus or concentrate on anything. Just notice what's the natural experience of hearing. And now notice if, let's say, you're hearing a dog barking across the street. Where does the hearing of that happen? Is the hearing happening across the street? Clearly, no, it's happening right here within your awareness. Just notice that. Now, is the hearing of the dog barking or the airplane or the fridge, whatever's there, or or hearing this voice, is the, the sound of that and the hearing of it, are those two separate things? See whether you know you're actually experiencing a sound going on and the hearing of the sound going on. Or is it just one thing? Is there actually this sharp line between the hearing and the sound? Or is there an intimacy? Where there's no sharp line. And between the hearing of the sound and the awareness, the sense of I, which is aware of sound and everything else, is there a sharp line? Or is there an intimacy, a non-separation, a non-duality? And just rest in what's there. Rest in what you notice there. And as you continue on your walk or going through your day or going through your life, you can notice that all the senses work this way. That really there's no separation. There's not really, you know, we tend to think, oh, there's this world out here of all these things, all these objects of the senses, and some senses somewhere in here. And then further behind that, there's this self, this awareness that's aware of all the senses, all these, these kind of separate moving parts. 
But I think if you just settle, you won't really notice what's your actual experience. You see, no, there isn't all this separateness. There's this intimacy, this non-separation, which you can just, again, not trying to make anything happen. You're just walking around in that all the time. And the more you do that, the more I think you'll notice that in this intimacy, this sense of non-separation, that the world is not a threat, that there's a an inherent, again, without trying to create an artificial mood of this, there's an inherent friendliness to the world because it's not something other than yourself. Mm. What I loved about the the uh, meditation on sensation and, and particularly on uh, sound, on hearing, was that oftentimes in meditation or when you're beginning a meditative practice, you're um, viewing sounds as a distraction and really look, trying to look for a quiet place. And, right. you know, if it's noisy, it's not how it's supposed to be. Right. So what's your response <laughs> to the idea that one needs quiet for meditation? <laughs> well, one of my very earliest teachers, this was way back around 1968, and we were setting up a, a teaching session for him in Berkeley, California, and he came, it was a big old rambling Victorian house. He was looking through the house at the rooms, and someone asked him, well, Jerry, which room do you want to teach in? He said, which is the noisiest room? <laughs> and actually, where, where, I, where I, we, uh, I live in Santa Monica, California, and my wife and I host um, sessions here on, on Tuesday nights. All this, by the way, is on my website, so anyone that's in the area, come to these free sessions on Tuesday nights. And... Um, uh, during the summer, when everyone's windows are open, there is in fact a dog right across the street that invariably, one of those little yippy dogs that starts barking uh, right just as we sit down to meditate. And every time I hear it, I say, yes. And I, and I use that in the teaching. I tell the people, yeah, I, I, I slip the dog owners, you know, 20 bucks to make sure the dog's out in the yard when we meditate. <laughs> <laughs> really, what it what it in a sense what it comes to is all the things that we think are distractions from meditation, hearing thoughts, feelings. Those are the meditation, and all the things that we think are meditation, like concentration, clearing your mind, feeling a particular way. Those are the distractions. So another of the meditation techniques you describe is the single breath meditation. And mm-hmm. I thought we'd squeeze that one in. We've got about a minute and a half or so before we go to another break. Can you lead us through that one? Absolutely. Unfortunately, a minute and a half is way more than the time that we need. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> right. Because you're good. Uh, because uh, people think of, okay, meditating on the breath, and it's got to be this long thing. So we're not, not meditating on the breath. There's no such thing as the breath. There's only this breath. And in fact, there's only this moment of inhaling now. So just pay attention. Just breathing in a regular, natural, normal way. If you enjoy breathing a little more deeply without straining, that's fine. Just pay attention to that experience. If you can close your eyes because you're not driving, fine. Experience the breath coming in, and now experience the breath going out. That's it. You're done. 
all done. All done. Now, you may have noticed that just that simple, subtle thing of of paying attention for a change to this simple inward thing of breathing in, breathing out. Oh, things somehow feel a little more centered, a little more settled. I think I'll do another one. Okay, now meditate or pay attention to this single breath coming in and going out. Now you're done. Or, if you feel like it, do another one. And that's it. That's the meditation on a single breath, and it's great. You 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 know you never leave that one in the in the pocket of of, of the, your other pair of pants. It's always available. <laughs> right. You can do that. You can do that. Uh, you don't have to be sitting in the lotus pose on a cushion. It can be when you walk up. You know, uh, polls always show that this people's second greatest fear is death. Their first greatest fear is public speaking. So when you get up. <laughs> In front, you've got to give the PowerPoint, you know, demonstrate whatever. And you sit up, stand up there and your heart is pounding, whatever. Okay. Just single breath. Going, coming in. And going out. Ah. And on with your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think uh, this was a really great a little illustration of the natural process, as you said, like that feather drifting down to the ground, and any of these three techniques can be used that way. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. Today's guest is Dean Slider, meditation teacher and author of Natural Meditation, A Guide to Effortless Meditative Practice, as well as numerous articles and blogs. You can learn more about Dean, his writing, and his teaching schedule at the website DeanWords, D-E-A-N-W-O-R-D-S dot com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. Please stay with us. We'll be right back to dis- to explore tips for practicing presence in the next segment. with childlike wonder what is the nature of god who is jesus what is the christ how do we know what we know when you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical intangible aspects of life you are on some level a student of metaphysics new from unity house and nearly five years in the making heart-centered metaphysics a deeper look at unity teachings is now available This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? 
Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. My guest today is Dean Slider, meditation teacher and author of Natural Meditation, a guide to effortless meditative practice. You can learn more about Dean and his writing and teaching schedule at the website deanwords.com. So Dean, we've talked a lot about, you know, meditation, but we really haven't touched on. So, you know, why why meditate? What mm. really does meditation bring to your life? What it brings is, in many ways we can say this, one simple way is it brings the end of suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, in, in Buddhist vocabulary, the, the Buddhist teaching starts with, okay, look, we're all grown-ups here, we know that stuff happens, problems happen, suffering happens. Um, you, you know, whether it's a big pebble or a little pebble, we all find that pebble in our shoe, um, and how do we get rid of it? And people really do find, and you know, having taught this stuff since 1970 and taught everywhere from uh, an elite prep school in New Jersey to maximum security prison, I've been able to find out over and over again that no matter what your background is, no matter what the specific problems, the specific, you know, 50s, seven flavors of, of suffering that may, 50 shades of, of problems that, <laughs> that may confront you. It's really, you know, one shade of practice that, that really does help bring about solution to the whole thing. Before, in two main ways. One way is that by settling down, and I really emphasize it's really good to practice every day, even if it's just for five minutes. One minute, or for one breath, as we saw in the last segment. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got time to settle down with one breath every day. And I think if you take a person who's just caught up in the world, caught up in problems and causes and effects for 24 hours, or the same person, same situation, who's caught up every day for 23 hours and 59 minutes, and for one day just settling back into the self, the witness, the, the silence that's at our core, which is inherently untouched by all those problems, all those phenomena, that if you do that day after day, one thing that happens is that the mind becomes clearer. It's like the surface of a lake. If it's all ripples, then the reflections of the objects are unclear. They're choppy. But as that becomes clearer in its own time, it becomes clearer what to do that all kinds of interpersonal situations, job situations, whatever, we, we, there's actually less 
thinking. You know, as my, as my own teacher says, thinking is overrated. Uh, and, and more and more you find yourself thinking less and less. You, and thinking less, knowing more. Oh, I know what to do about this. You just more and more just kind of see yourself doing it. Uh, you see where the slot is. You see where the opening is to uh, um, act in a given situation in the way that's going to be best and most supportive for you and for the others. So that's the one thing. You become spontaneously more skillful in dealing with the world. And the second thing is that more and more that space that's never touched by the world, the I, the witness, the, the awareness, the, the, we could say the pure screen on the surface of which all the stuff we're aware of, the movie is projected. More and more, we're not lost to the movie, even as we participate in it more skillfully. We play our role impeccably, but more and more we're cognizant of ourself as the screen that's behind it all, that has no problems, that never can have a problem. Uh, and more and more that comes to dominate, to be the, the main um, fact of our life. Everything else is more and more kind of a footnotes. Indeed, and and the the um, things that you're talking about, you know, really um, are taught as essential qualities of the soul. So that peace, you know, that peace that you know passes understanding, that uh, joyfulness, that bliss, um, right. that you know, sometimes I think everyone has had those peace, um, peak experiences when they're in nature, when they just feel a part of everything that is, um, and that. Um, happiness for no particular reason. You have mm-hmm. more of those types of experiences, right. you know, right. when you are, when you do have a, you know, regular, you know, meditation practice. Right. So one and, of the things I, that you, go ahead. Yeah. No, and I, I love the way that you point out that these are inherent qualities mm-hmm. of what we are, whether we call it awareness or beingness or the soul, because very often, and this is a big, um, kind of misunderstanding in the so-called spiritual life. People hear about quality, qualities like joyfulness or detachment, and they and they they um, you know with all sincerity they try to be joyful. Okay, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paste a big smile on my face. Or okay, all this stuff is happening, and I'm really getting angry. But oh no, I'm going to be detached if it kills me. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not it. That's not the real thing. It's not about suppression of natural, spontaneous feelings. It's about get, gaining clearer and clearer contact with what we are that's behind all of those feelings, behind all the phenomena, and in its own time, naturally, organically, greater joyfulness and less feeling, you know, a greater detachment. If, I don't like that word detachment. I know it's used a lot, but it's it, it can be misleading because it sounds like you're emotionally trying to retreat from things. That's not it. Right. But it's, we, more and more, you can have talk. You know, one of my favorite movies, Zorba the Greek, you know, dance, you know, just get on the beach, dance, do the, or the, the enlightened sages I've had the great good fortune to be around. They laugh, they cry, they sing. They're not walking around trying to, you know, maintain their enlightenment like it's a fragile jar balanced on top of their heads. Right. Right. It's just who they are, and it's just the light is just shining through. Yes, and it's who everyone is when we 
allow it to unfold. Right. Yeah, which gets back to what we need to do is not put anything else on top of that, you know, but, you know, the techniques that you've gone through and techniques of, you know, of, of really all of the meditative disciplines are really to allow that settling, you know, to occur, mm-hmm. to allow us to be more of who we really are, you know, underneath. Right, right, right. So one of the things that you talk about is um, that it's important to come out of meditation slowly at the end. And mm. I actually I actually thought that was really good advice. Can you say more about that? Sure. I mean, it's a simple, practical thing, which I got from one of my very first teachers. Uh, I'm, uh, this was actually Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And I, I um, first time I met him in person was in Squaw Valley, California, next to Lake Tahoe in 1968. And he led a meditation in a little chapel there, sitting in the front on his deer skin. And at the end, he was emphasizing coming out slowly. And I asked him, well, Marishi, what if you smell smoke? And he said, well, in two minutes, the whole house won't burn down. Um, the, 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 the reason for that emphasis is that because of mind-body connection, as the mind settles down, the body spontaneously settles down along with it. And there's more and more research every month showing the, um, the physiological reality of what takes place in meditation. That um, whether or not we experience it clearly, to some degree, we're actually dipping into, as I discuss in the book, Turiya, the fourth state, which is separate from waking, dreaming, and sleeping, where the mind and body are completely settled and yet awake to consciously enjoy, marinate in that, in that silence. So that's a settled state for the body. But because it happens gradually and naturally, we may not realize how settled we are. Um, sometimes you'll experience you're sitting there in meditation, you think, oh, nothing's happening, I'm just thinking all these stuff. Suddenly the phone rings and you go, oh man, I really don't want to answer that phone. And it's because, all right, because we're so deeply settled. So Mm -hmm. for that reason, it's always good to take two, three minutes, take plenty of time to ease out, to give the body time to to ease back into a, a more active state. Because otherwise it can be jarring. You could actually get a headache, feel spaced out, and get into some funny mood, something like that. Well, Dean Slater, thank you so much for being on the Yoga Hour. I can't believe we've come to the end of our time. Uh, for our listeners, you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and our guest today has been uh, Dean Slater, uh, the author of Natural and Effortless Meditation for Everyone. You can learn more about Dean and his writing and his teaching schedule at his website, deanwords.com. It's D-E-A-N-W-O-R-D-S dot com. And once again, Dean, just thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure. Uh, next week, we'll have an encore of the episode, An Extraordinary Ordinary Life, with Yoga Acharya O'Brien, who will be discussing the life of Lahiri Mahasaya, the fountainhead of Kriya Yoga. Tune in to discover his unfailing formula for success in life. 
The Yoga Hour is a service project for the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. You can check out the website for the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony. Healing and creative ideas is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. 
Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 